Hey everybody, welcome to Grow Up, where we are healing the child within us while lovingly and respectfully raising the child that's in front of us. Are you ready? It's time to grow up. Thanks for coming back to the next episode, everybody. I'm so glad to finally be recording a new episode for you all. Um, I know it's been a long time since um, the last one was launched, but uh, there's just been so much going on. So thank you for being patient. I know a few of you reached out and were worried that I was taking a break for the holidays or something was up and no, nothing is up. Life is just going on and crazy and hectic and unfortunately just has been kind of a whirlwind and I feel like November didn't even happen and I put my last one out the first week of November with all intentions of doing one two weeks later and here we are four weeks later so thank you all for being so patient and thank you also for all the feedback on the last episode about doing the work that one was really um, kind of a vulnerable spot for me and kind of a hard one for me to put out. I questioned it a lot if it was going to be useful to anybody or if it was just too much. And after hearing the response from everybody, it really made me feel like it was the right choice to release that one. And thank you for just holding space for me and seeing me and just kind of letting me put that out there for you all. I really appreciated that. And it felt good to kind of purge that when I was going through it emotionally and be able to circle back with everybody and, you know, just give some insight into my brain when I'm trying to, you know, show up and do the best for my family and my son and myself. So thank you again for just letting me do that. Of course, as always, if you have something to chat about, if you want to talk about something on this episode, if you want to offer some, you know, advice or tips or pointers or someone I should interview or anything like that, please never hesitate to reach out to me. Um, The Instagram account is grow.up.ig and the email account is thegrowuppod at gmail.com. And I always love hearing from all of you. Even if you don't want to be on the show, you don't want me to read anything on air, totally get it. Just reach out. Let's connect and, you know, share some stories because that's my favorite part of doing this all with you. In fact, being off or I guess off, if you can even call it that, but taking a break from recording um, this last month or so was really hard too because I love doing this and it's actually really cathartic for me and there was several times I thought you know I'm inspired tonight's the night I'm gonna do this and then I just didn't so I don't really have any excuses I've just been crazy busy and it's not that life has really changed it's just that it's around the holiday time and everything gets kind of crazy um in November right after that episode um the last episode came out it was my birthday and um It's funny because the only thing I asked for for my birthday, it's pretty, pretty hilarious, was a hotel stay alone. (laughs) So if that can tell you any kind of insight into my um, headspace and my capacity lately, I think that's all the info you really need is that my idea of a good time to celebrate my birthday was to literally be by myself. And so the weekend after my birthday, um, I had a hotel room booked and splurged a little bit on like a nicer place and brought my finest loungewear (laughs) and pajamas and I checked myself in and stayed in that room for, I don't even know, nearly 48 hours. Didn't leave, got room service, had like the most delicious hot 
chocolate chip cookie with vanilla ice cream on top. <laughs> it was just great. Drank a whole bottle of champagne to myself with mimosas the next morning and watched too much crime TV and, you know, scrolled through my phone for hours on end and did some shopping on my phone and slept in. I took two naps. <laughs> it was glorious. And I don't even know that I checked in with my family, to be honest. Um, yeah, so that just kind of shows you where my head has been lately. It has been exhausting the last couple months or so. So yeah, after October, I feel like was kind of when things started settling in with my son's school routine. I opened my salon at the end of September. Um, and yeah, November just gets kind of hectic. My birthday, then we had Thanksgiving, um, which was wonderful. You know, we saw just my side of the family kind of kept it small, but that was really nice to kind of recharge, especially when COVID numbers in Michigan, where where I live, are just skyrocketing. And so just being able to, you know, see immediate family under the safest of circumstances, we, you know, did rapid tests beforehand and made sure we were really safe. Um, it was just really nice. And that felt good for the soul to kind of see my sister who lives a couple hours away from me and just laugh and have some drinks and just play games and stay up late and just reconnect kind of a, from an adult to an adult, not just as a parent. Um, so that was really nice. And yeah, I mean, we decorated for the holidays. Um, my, I think I've mentioned before in here that my son is Halloween obsessed. So, you know, in October we went all out for, for Halloween and then with just the exhaustion that ensued afterward and the hecticness, we literally were taking down Halloween decorations the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I saw all of you on there on the internet putting up your Christmas trees and I was still looking at a Jack Skellington sitting on my mantle. So yeah, so that's where we were at. We took down our Halloween stuff. We kept some of the pumpkins out to celebrate at Thanksgiving the next day when we ate dinner. And honestly, we just put away Thanksgiving stuff you know, harvest decor. <laughs> we just put it away like two days ago and today we just decorated our Christmas tree. So we're just a little behind over here and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but my son is, um, you know, holiday obsessed, decoration obsessed. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard because I like to go all out to de decorate for him because I know it makes him so happy, but then it's like, oh yeah, I have to take this shit down. So uh, shout out to all the parents out there who make the holidays special for their families because I see you. It's not easy, especially when they go back to back to back, especially when we're two years deep nearly into a pandemic and life's just hectic. And, you know, now is holiday season. My job as a hairstylist gets insanely busy at this time of year, let alone navigating it this year as a, a business owner. Um, and then my husband is in corporate management for an outdoor retailer. And so, you know, retail sales, etc., are just crazy this time of year also. So pretty much our household from now until after January. Oh, yeah. And my husband's birthday is New Year's Eve. Um, so we've just got all kinds of fun stuff. But yeah, until January, we're pretty much uh, just running around like chickens with our heads cut off. So 
that's where we're at. Um, but thank you again for just being so patient and being my outlet to get on Instagram and post and reach out with stories and just connect with you all because truly it just is so good for my soul. It just feels wonderful to be able to share stories and talk about everything with you. And, you know, needless to say, because we've been so stressed, life's been so stressed. Um, somewhere in the last month, I don't even remember, we started another round of occupational therapy for my son. Um, and the place we go is phenomenal, but it's also about a 30 minute drive one way. So we drive about an hour round trip um, after his preschool days to get him occupational therapy. Um, and it's just been a lot. So yeah, it's it's all good. It's not bad stuff, but it's just a lot of stuff. So here we are. And like I said, needless to say, because we've been so stressed, we have been picking up on a ton of new behaviors with my son, who is four years old. And it has been putting my husband and I together as a couple and also independently through the ringer. It has just been a lot. And I'll say that him being a lot is something that I'm quite used to at this point, Um it's been kind of, you know, my parenting journey with him as my child has been incredible, but also very intense and very um, trying and testing all the way, you know, I honestly, since I was pregnant, to be honest, all the way up in, until now. So I'm not expecting it to not be hard <laughs> by any means. And, you know, parenting is hard in general, even with the most chill child, just because there's so much to do and there's so much pressure of, you know, all the different moving parts. And I get that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm not, I'm not expecting it to be different than it is, but Lately, there have been new things that have really um, tried us or stretched us in new ways. And on top of that, when we are already feeling so depleted because we're spread so thin and again, just with the relentlessness and the exhaustion of, you know, parenting in a pandemic, um, it's just been like a tidal wave lately. And so what's been going on from my perspective is that my son is exhibiting a ton of stress behavior. Um, and I have to keep reminding myself of that because the things that he's exhibiting are far more aggressive than anything we have dealt with in the past. Um, I, found, I find that just in the grand scheme of parenting thus far, you know, he's our only child, he's four years old. I found myself feeling like I was finding my footing as a mom as he got older. Um, I think I always joke that he was a disgruntled baby because he just hated being a baby. Like he was born like an adult trapped in an infant's body and he was born frustrated. <laughs> uh, couple that with the fact that he's a Leo and anyone out there who, um, if you're into astrology, I know you feel me. Um, so he will not go quietly. And it's just one of those things that... I felt like as he got older, I was almost, you know, coming into my my time to shine or something as a mom. And three years old was really tricky. It's funny because everyone talks about terrible twos, whatever that means. You know, I hate those kind of labels, as you know. But, you know, terrible twos, like, wasn't really a thing. I actually feel like 18 months to two years old for our family, like, I loved it. I would, you know, take that all day. Um, 
But yeah, I think three years old was very overwhelming for me personally. I don't know that it really had much to do with him other than it was the dynamic between the two of us, both him and I. I think I hit a peak with my anxiety during his three-year-old year because of other things in life. And I was really struggling and he was very overwhelming. I think, you know, we'd been home for so long and just with our resources being limited in terms of what we could do because of the pandemic. And so it was a very um, overwhelming time, stressful time. But now going into four, four has been um, just more challenging with his behavior. And, And that's all good. I mean, it's all good. I'm not saying, you know, whatever, burn it all down. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... It's just been interesting to see the different phases. And I think about stress behavior and I think about when babies are stressed or when babies need something, they cry. And maybe, you know, one-year-olds start, you know, making saying no a lot or, you know, pouting or something like that or, you know, whining. Or, you know, you kind of think of the different ages of children and how at each stage they show different they express themselves differently of when they're upset you know and I'm realizing that my son although he is highly intelligent and speaks and conducts himself sometimes much older than four years old he still is emotionally a four-year-old and his stress behavior right now looks aggressive you know he struggles already being, you know, a child with low frustration tolerance, which obviously is very developmentally appropriate, and somebody who is a perfectionist, which I couldn't understand more because I am the same way. And when things are hard for him, there's like a switch that gets flipped and or there's resistance, I guess I should say. Think, you know, there's a switch that gets flipped and he gets really mad. And he's the type of kid that, you know, getting him to discuss emotions or express them to me in a way that I could help or assist him, it's just not who he is. And that becomes very challenging because we could be sitting there, you know, playing something on the ground. And then next thing you know, there's like a transformer being thrown in my head. And he's screaming. And I thought we were just, you know, building magnetiles or something. And it's like, I don't see it coming. And so that's what's been happening lately is there's been a lot of throwing things, which is, that's something we've dealt with for a while, um, but had felt like we had kind of had some breakthroughs with. Um, But now we're seeing hitting, we're seeing kicking. Um, He has actually taken to spitting (laughs) on me specifically, which... um, not like, you know, a raspberry. I'm talking like straight up man loogie. <laughs> and the other day it went right into my left eyeball. And let me just tell you that that was really spectacular. <laughs> um, and so these are things that although I can understand where they're coming from, although I can understand that he is four years old and this is just his stress behavior, and I think I have a good idea of, a, you know, why it's happening and where it's coming from. That being said, it's triggering. It's triggering as fuck. It's, you know, no one wants to get spit on. And I think 
he sees it, it pushes my buttons. I somehow, I don't ask me how, I managed to keep my cool um, with a lot of this physical aggression. And I can kind of work through it decently, you know, level-headedly. Um, but the spitting, yeah, that wasn't so cool. And I still managed to keep my cool, you know, and, and not, not saying that's good or bad because, you know, we're humans too and we have reactions and that's the name of the game, right? We react, we go back to the drawing board, we get curious as to why, we try our best to, you know, work through it. Um, but yeah, I think he knows that spitting one specifically riles me up and it's just, you know, he's pushing all the buttons. And not that I even need to put this, you know, caveat, but he's a great kid. You know, he's not, in fact, we brought some of this stuff up at parent-teacher conferences and said, you know, how's it going for you guys? Because we're noticing this. And our the teacher was like dumbfounded. You know, she's like, oh, we don't see any of that, you know. And I guess that goes to show too that in the same way that as adults, we're usually the most raw and authentically aggravated and stressed out with our partners or with our parents or with our siblings, people that you feel the most comfortable with, that's who we are to my son. He's letting it out and he's letting it fly at home. He doesn't do it at grandma's house. He did something briefly at his aunt's house, you know, when we visited over Thanksgiving and it was so quickly squashed just because he knows better. You know, he knows that he's not supposed to be spitting. He knows he's not supposed to be throwing things. He knows. And that's another thing, right? I mean, when you come home from work and you're just pissed off, you've had a bad day, you're short with your husband, you're whiny, you're irritated because dinner's not ready or you have to cook it, you are slamming a door, you are, you know, making dinner and you're slamming the pots and pans, you're just being huffy. The last thing we need in that moment, or I'll say me, this is, I guess, speaking for myself, the last thing I would need in that moment is for my husband to then say something like, you know, geez, what's up with you? Blah, 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 right? That would just send me over the edge. I already know in that moment that I'm kind of being a dick. (laughs) I already know I'm doing things I'm not supposed to do. I'm acting from a place of just frustration, stress. It's not my highest self. And I try to award that same grace to my son. He knows he's not supposed to be dumping his toys, throwing his toys. He's not supposed to be hitting us. He's not supposed to be kicking us. He's not supposed to be spitting. Um, And he knows that. He doesn't need me to harp on him and double down and yell at him. Because the thing is with him, you know, he and I are very similar. If that happens to him, then he's going to go harder the opposite way. You know, I've tried that before. I've tried taking the things. I've tried, you know, doing those conventional ways of, you know, authoritarian you know, parenting that are trying to squash it in its steps. And I've learned very early on that all it does is just awake some kind of awaken some kind of beast inside of my son. So the best thing I can do in that moment is remember that he is four years old, that his prefrontal cortex is truly, literally, scientifically not developed enough to regulate. And what I need to do in that moment 
is to get quieter, is to nod my head, is to say, I see you're frustrated. I'm going to stop your hand. I know that you don't want to hurt me. I'm not going to let you hit me. I'm going to move my body. I'm right here if you need me. Things like that. Coming through as almost like that sensitive wingman would be instead of becoming the police, instead of becoming, you know, the person that's there to just make it stop, squash it, because that's going to amp up that stress behavior. I think what I've narrowed it down to is from March of 2020 until August of 2021, so for about a year and a half, we were in no rules land. (laughs) We were staying at home and it was me and him. I quit my job, stopped my career, My husband was home and he's very, very helpful, very involved, but day in and day out, every day, it was me and my son. You know, if you want to stay in pajamas all day, great. If he didn't want to wear underwear, knock yourself out. If he wanted to ride his bike naked through the house, screaming like a wild banshee, wonderful. Sounds great. You know, if he wanted to eat his lunch on a picnic blanket in the middle of the living room, wonderful. Um, you know, there weren't really any rules like, oh, you want to go on a walk right now? Cool. Let's do it. We'll just make lunch later. Oh, you want to wake up at this time because you're feeling extra tired? No problem. You know, just all anything goes whenever he wanted to do something, we could do it, you know, because again, I wasn't at home working. I was being a stay at home mom and I was also functioning from a place of survival mode. So whatever kind of got us through the days that's what we did. And I don't have any shame about that. I don't have any regret about that. But going into back to school time, he is now in preschool, pre-K, three half days a week. So on those days, he has to leave by a certain time. We have to wake him up to get him going. Because let's not forget that while all this is going on, he's also been resisting bedtime. He's been having nightmares you know, our bedtime routine has become two hours long (laughs) pretty much every night. By the time my husband and I get downstairs, we are just completely wiped out. Our house, you know, if you were to walk in at any moment in this last month, it would have just looked like a bomb went off because half the time we don't have the energy to just clean up the messes that are going to be made tomorrow again because we have just been so completely drained trying to tap all our resources to help the stress behavior, to try to eliminate some stresses for my son. And then, yeah, also maintain our careers and our, you know, our own peace of mind and our own happiness. So it has just been through the ringer and it's been really, really, really challenging to kind of try to, you know, stay on top of that and stay ahead of it. And, We're doing our best, but I think, you know, now that he's getting up and going to preschool at a certain time and, oh, we pick him up from preschool and then we go home and we have lunch, but we have to have lunch by this time because then we have to leave again to go to occupational therapy. And then on the mornings that he doesn't have school, my mom babysits him. And some days he goes over to grandma's house, so he might leave in the morning to go there and she might be picking him up. And, you know, Fridays I do, I pick him up from school, but then I go into work late. And then he goes to grandma's house on those days. And I think it's been a lot. And it's funny because all the things that we're doing are things that he loves Going to OT, he thinks it's a giant ninja warrior gym. Like, he thinks it's the best thing ever. Um, In fact, when we weren't going, he was begging to go back and asking about it and, you know, saying it was his favorite place to play and all this stuff. 
And grandma's house is his other favorite place to go. You know, he'd rather be there any day of the week as opposed to being at our house with the same old toys. And, you know, he rides to school in the morning. He loves preschool. He's been befriending this adorable, you know, little friend of his. And, you know, he tells me that this little girl makes his heart happy. And he talks about her every day. In fact, on Friday when we were leaving school, he started crying because he said he already missed her. You know, he loves school. He's thriving there. But again, at the end of the day... We're trying to do a bedtime, you know, to get him in bed so he has enough sleep and he's resisting that. And I think having the fiercely independent son that I have, he's just, his world's being rocked because we're having to adhere to a timeline and a schedule. And I'm trying to let it go. My husband and I, you know, when we have the tiny bit of brain capacity left, which is pretty much never at this point, um, we're trying to come together and decide how can we make this better for him? How can we eliminate some of these stressors? How can we get things ready in advance? How can we, you know, show him on a calendar the schedule so every single day he sees what the next day is going to bring and he knows what to expect so that he's feeling a little bit more control. You know, we do a lot of choices. You know, do you want to brush your teeth before you put your pajamas on or after? Do you want to do, you know, your playtime before or after you take your bath tonight? You know, things like that. Um, And some nights it works great, and some nights I'm, you know, wanting to just bang my head into the wall and cry. But it is what it is. And we've just been really tested lately. And I think, you know, I'm seeing it a lot. Not only in myself, I'm seeing a lot in my husband, um, who is our anchor and who is Mr. Even Keeled and, you know, carries a huge weight of our family and the parenting responsibility on his shoulders. I mean, truly don't know what I would do um, without his help because he does so much. But I'm seeing a lot with him, too, and I think it might trigger a lot of his upbringing stuff when, you know, our son is physically acting out against him because I know that in his household that was not um, that was not allowed by any stretch of the imagination. So it's just been a lot. I feel um, it's just you know we're, it's a we're, in, we're we're a work in progress and I'm doing the work behind the scenes. I'm you know doing all the same stuff that I share and talk about on the Grow Up Instagram and my stories and all that stuff. And I just want you to know that I am in it too. Um, it doesn't exclude people just because it's something that you have a passion for and a hobby for, and that you seem to, you know, assist other people in understanding. It doesn't mean that I'm anywhere farther down the road on this journey than any of you. And, you know, I'm still doing the work. I'm still reading the stuff and the resources and trying out new tactics and doing my best every single day. And holy shit, it is so hard. Um, It just, some days you just feel exhausted and by some days, I mean months, because I, like I said, I don't know what happened in November, but now we're in December, and it looks like it's still full speed ahead. So um, yeah, that's where we've been at. It's just been a lot. And I would love to hear from any of you out there that are going through something similar. I know different ages are different developmental stages, and just to know what you're in, what are you dealing with right now? What's working for you? What's not? What's been really hard? Um, how's it affecting you? How's it affecting your marriage? How's it affecting your co-parenting relationship? Um, I would just love to hear all that stuff because 
right now I'm feeling it and we're in it and it's hard and we're going to get through it and um, we're just going to love him through it and we're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep modeling for him how to talk about feelings, release our anger in a healthy way. And we're going to figure out a recipe that works for our unique situation and our unique child. And I'm just going to trust that. And then, you know, at 10 o'clock at night when he's finally falling asleep, um, I'm just going to keep reminding myself of that and keep trusting myself. So in prepping for this episode, I was looking back at some of the different things that people have written in and different things that I talked about using at some point. And I found a really awesome DM from a listener that I wanted to share with everybody because I think it was kind of perfect and it kind of goes along right with all of this stuff. So I have something to read to you all. It's from a follower named Emily. And here we go. It says, good morning, Amy. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for creating this platform. It is so helpful to know that there are other parents out there facing some of the same challenges. Specifically, you sharing your story about having a high-needs little boy on your podcast and what that means day-to-day for you and your family. I just recently myself learned about the term high-needs, and it's like I could have written the description myself if someone were to ask me to explain my son. Something that resonated with me was when you shared that you were grieving over not having the baby you, quote, expected. I can relate to that 1,000%. A little background about me. I'm a 34-year-old first-time mom to an almost 16-month little boy. My pregnancy was difficult. I suffered from preeclampsia, and at our 20-week anatomy scan, we learned that my son was missing a kidney. That was my first of many realizations that motherhood was not going to be as I expected. Fast forward to today, and he's doing well, but we had a few scares, lots of tests, tears, and doctor visits. We knew from the beginning that Henry would be, quote, different. He wasn't like other babies, very fussy, never wanted to be put down, never sat still, and needed constant entertainment. It was, and still is, absolutely exhausting, and there are days where I cry because it's just so damn draining. I still struggle with major jealousy over those moms and parents who have a, quote, easy kids. My husband tells me that those weren't the cards we were dealt, which is a hard pill to swallow, but I'm in therapy and I'm learning to accept. Anyway, sorry this is so long. Just wanted to say that I really appreciate you and your podcast, and I hope to hear more. I'd love to hear more about high needs kids, too. Thanks, Emily. I was reading that, I, when I read it at the time, I remember being like, oh, this is my person. She gets me. And it's been a while. She actually wrote this um, back in October. But I was reading through it again, just, you know, this week, prepping for this this episode. And it's like, it you know, it still rings true. Um, and I'm with you, Emily. I knew from the beginning, to be honest, if I think, thinking back now, being a first-time mom, you never know. But thinking back now that I do know who my son is, and I understand in talking to other people now that a lot of people didn't have the same experience, I can pinpoint his behavior even to when I was pregnant. I mean, he was wildly active in utero. Um, He was breech. He stayed breech the whole time. Uh, He was just stubborn and active and busy and if I was crowding him by the way I was sitting or if I had to pee and my bladder was full heaven forbid 
it was like he would just start using it as a trampoline. He would start punching my ribs, um, which is really interesting because he's kind of still doing that now that he's all stressed out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I get it. And it's so hard when she said the thing about feeling the jealousy for the easy babies. And it's not to say that people with easy children have it easier because I don't really know what they're going through. And it's all relative, right? Um, But when you have a high-needs child and you see the kid that, you know, I don't know. I remember being out to eat one time at Panera when my son was like, I don't know, maybe just over one, we'll say, with my mom. And can I just say that we only went to places like Panera where, like, it was like pay ahead. You can dine in and kind of feel like you're getting a dining experience. But you can also get the F out when your kid, when shit starts hitting the fan. (laughs) Um, And in Michigan, we went to a lot of Coney Islands, which if you're from Michigan, you get it. And if you're not, then just picture like a really dive diner that if you were to spill like goldfish on the floor, it would be okay. (laughs) Um, And we barely went out to eat with him, actually, that being said. And now, obviously, with COVID, we haven't in a long time. But prior to that, I mean, it was few and far between. Because you start to realize, like, you know, that you're, it's just not worth it. And I remember, like, sweating buckets. Oh, my God. I would just be so stressed out, given I also had postpartum anxiety. But just sweating buckets, trying to get it under control. Um, And had I known what I know now, I just would have known the kind of kid he was. But I didn't know. And I remember being at Panera and... It's like I looked over, you know, while I was sweating buckets and panicking. And our whole lunch at that point was revolving around, like, my son and his happiness, you know, between my mom and I. I mean, me eating or talking to her or having any kind of um, adult interaction or anything was like, yeah, right. Um, Usually, if it was my husband and I out to eat, it was like one of us would eat while the other one would walk my son around. And then we'd switch, which is like, why did I even pay for this? Why am I out right now? I could just be eating on my couch in my sweatpants and doing the same thing. Um, Anyways, but yeah, so we were out and I remember it was just like this panic. I mean, he just didn't want the food and he wanted to get down and he wanted this and that. whatever. And at one point, like, you know, because still to this day, he's four and he barely uses utensils. He's like just Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Um... He just, like, you know, sticks his whole hand into the soup and is just, like, trying to, like, fist soup into his mouth. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And I look over and I realize there's, like, a little girl a couple tables over. And I say realize because she had made a freaking peep the whole time. And, you know, she's her, her parent and whoever her parent was with were just chatting. They had been there longer than us. They were having a relaxed, easy time, probably catching up over a coffee. And this little angel, in this moment at least, um, was just happily gnawing on a grilled cheese, (laughs) looking out the window and sitting in the high chair. And, like, I mean, my son wouldn't even, like, sit in the high chair. He would, like, flip himself out of the high chair. And... And I'm not saying it in, like, a regretful way. I mean, if I was given the opportunity to switch, I would still choose my son. He's incredible. He's hilarious. He's got his own set of amazing qualities. But when you have a kid like that, as Emily was talking about, I think it's so easy to, like, feel like you got, like, the short straw (laughs) or something, which I don't even think is true because I think the lessons that Emily and I are getting from our children that are like this – 
are so rich. I mean, and and God, the walls that my son has had me break down to parent a child like that have been profound. So it's a gift. It really is. But it's like, I don't even know. I'm trying to like equate it to some kind of gift that you would open and like be mad about, but then eventually be like, all right, maybe I needed that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, He's amazing. And I'm with you. Like, you're not you're not regretting, you know, their personality, but it is easy to look at other people who seemingly can just have more of that parenthood journey that maybe I fantasized about before having kids. And you look at them and you're like, damn, must be nice, you know. Um, And it's hard. And it's hard when you're in those depleted moments, which, like I said, I've been in last month or so. That's when it gets the hardest, you know, because you are running on fumes and you're just wishing for a break and there's none in sight because the second something lines up and something goes well, first of all, it's always a complete wild card whether or not things are going to work or not. And then when they do, something else changes. So it's just a lot. Um, I know I reference this account a lot and I'm planning to, if the ladies will come on, get an interview in here with um, Hannah and Kelty from at upbringing.co. But if you have a sensitive or spirited child, I cannot recommend them enough. That is the spot. And honestly, even if you don't have a spirited child, they are just, you know, they, they parent for social change. Um, they're incredible. They're truly incredible. They're very relatable. They're actually having a spirited kids club coming up and I am in it in January where you do like little zoom meetings with a group of people and kind of commiserate and problem solve and share. And it's, it's just a community where you feel understood. And for anyone who has a child that's different in any way, whether it's with their demeanor, any special needs, anything, just finding someone who gets you and gets it makes you feel so much more less alone. You know, you just feel like you found your community, especially being a first time mom or an only child, you know, for my son. I mean, I don't have anything else to compare it to. And I still struggle. I've gotten a lot better, but I still struggle sometimes with, did I do this? Did I do something wrong? Should I be doing something else? Is there a reason my kid's not just sitting and chilling and eating a grilled cheese while I'm having coffee? Like, why is my kid grabbing the hot soup and shoving chicken noodle into his mouth and falling on the ground and screaming, you know? Um, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. So I feel you. And I would love to talk more about high needs kids. And we will definitely be doing that. I also resonated to the the whole part about your pregnancy. Um, I, too, had um, issues with my pregnancy. I had high blood pressure. I was on bed rest. Um, he was a C-section because he was breech. He went to the NICU. Um, after that, I had um, blood pressure problems afterward. They told me that I could have had a stroke. Um, I was in the hospital for a little while. And um, when I was pregnant, we had had issues with our genetic testing. They told us our son might have Down syndrome. After we found out that he didn't have Down syndrome, uh and we knew that that wasn't going to be our journey. Then we found out at his anatomy scan, just as you said, that something may have been wrong with his um, skeleton. They told us that he might have skeletal dysplasia. So, you know, and that was honestly on the table until we delivered him. So he does none of the above, which is wonderful. 
just because it's just one less thing that is on our plate. But it was hard and it it, it did. It, everything just was always kind of hypervigilant. And then you get catapulted into this world with a fussy baby who has no chill. And then next thing you know, you blink and they're um, a four-year-old that's hawking a loogie into your left eyeball. So I get it. And it's hard. And I'm so sorry, Emily. And I'm here for you um, to just commiserate with if you need that. And on those other days, I know that you're a rock star and you feel strong. But on those days that you feel tired, I got you because I feel the same way. That being said, I have one more thing to read to you all and leave you with before the end of the podcast. And this was actually brought to my attention from another listener who tagged me in something that I thought was really amazing. And she tagged me in a post um, on Instagram from Jess at Our Mama Village. So I'm going to read this um, this little this little post that she wrote because I thought it was pretty applicable to everything that's going on. A few nights ago, my 20-month-old woke up screaming. No matter what I did, I couldn't console her. Before long, the whole house was awake. We were trying to figure out what was going on as she screamed and screamed. These are the moments when you feel so helpless as a parent. You know Google won't have your answer. You don't know what to do or say. Finally, after about 30 minutes of her screaming while seemingly still asleep, she woke up and started to calm down. In the morning, we would realize she was starting to get sick. In the dark living room at 2 a.m., I held her in my arms and walked around. Her head was on my chest, and her body was still shivering from the crying. Isn't this real motherhood? The fear, uncertainty, the winging it, and the growing together? This is what the movies don't show us, and the Instagram feeds miss. These quiet moments in the dark of the night when we sit here alone. When the solution isn't found with a quick Google search, it'll be found in your presence, touch, and time. As I sat in the dark at 2 a.m., I realized I've now done this countless times. Countless times I've been humbled. I've wondered how I became the mother to these children and felt the weight that comes with protecting them. As she finally calmed down, I looked into my arms. She's fast asleep. I feel her body breathe in and out. I remember that above all the tips, tricks, scripts, and other things we talk about, this is what matters most. The feeling of safety she feels when her mother, who doesn't know what is going on, tries to figure it out alongside her. The security that comes when she knows she can rest assured I'll be there when she needs me. The peace that comes with knowing I'll keep trying to help even when I don't get it right, right away. Parenting is important. Showing up imperfectly is essential. You don't know what the heck you are doing much of the time. And that is expected. Try to figure it out alongside your child is beautiful. What you are doing matters. We see you in those moments that are unseen. You are not alone. Woo! It's pretty good, huh? I feel so much in that. I remember those moments. My son was a contact napper and we rocked him to sleep until, honestly, until he was like three. Um, actually, even four. That's a lie. Yeah, until he was four. Um, and contact napped until he was three. And it was wonderful. It was hard. It was felt like a prison sometimes. Um, 
but it was also my favorite thing in the world. And I think I remember those late night feedings, those late night wakings. I remember being so exhausted. And then sometimes they became some of my favorite nights where I almost felt like I didn't want to lay him down um, at two in the morning. You know, when you're sitting there going, why am I still rocking the sleeping baby? I should just lay him back down. But something in you just wants to hold them and watch them breathe. Whew, it's almost making me cry. Um, yeah, and I think it's so true. Do any of us really know what we're doing? <laughs> I mean, aren't we all just winging it? I think the best thing we can do is just to keep showing up, like they, like Jess said in that post, imperfectly, because we're human. I know I sure as hell don't know what I'm doing half the time. Trying things on for size with my high-needs kid, that's a total wild card that doesn't seem, he's like the kid that doesn't fit into the parenting books. And I'm just trusting my gut. And in trusting my gut, I'm trusting my child. I'm following his lead. I'm trusting the fact that even though he's hitting me because he's frustrated because he doesn't want to brush his teeth, I don't think he's going to be battering people the rest of his life and end up in prison. Because I know his heart. And I know who he is. And I know that he's not giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time. And I trust my 35-year-old self-regulation to be the bigger person in those moments, to stop his hand from hitting me, to move my body out of the room when he can't help himself, and keep loving him through it. Because the last thing he needs is for me to shame him about it, for me to double down about it, for me to make a threat about it, for me to judge the character of his human self about it. We tell him every single day, you're always a good boy. This whole naughty and nice thing with Santa, yeah, no, it's for the birds. My son's always good, even in his hardest moments. And I'm trying to realize that I'm always doing my best, even when I feel stressed, even when I feel confused, even when I have no idea what I'm doing four years into this thing with my high-needs child who is no chill, has never been chill, has thrown me on this wild roller coaster. And I'm just kind of trusting that we're going to find our way through it. I'm going to find the best way for my kid. And that when the words fail me and when the actions fail me, I can always apologize and I can show up for him in my body language. I can model loving acceptance for him. I can be there with a hug. I can be there with a snuggle. I can show him that I care and that he is loved no matter what. And I know you can too. So if you're going through it like me, hang in there, you guys. We're doing it. It might not be perfect. It might be really hard. We're always learning. The only thing you can do is just take a deep breath. Wake up the next day and try again. Don't be too big to apologize to your child when you get it wrong. Again, if you need to reach out to me at grow.up.ig on Instagram or an email, thegrowuppod at gmail.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing the work. Thanks for connecting with me and giving a spot to pour my heart out to you. It feels so good. And thank you for being patient while I've been in it this month and just haven't been around to recording. So hoping to get the next one out to you all in two weeks. 
Until then, keep doing the work and keep trying your best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.